Hello. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Heidi. I miss you. No, I miss you more. Yeah. I know you had. Yeah, I know you had a big week this week. Why don't you talk about your conference yesterday? I sure did. For those of you that are, um, for you know, coming back and listening to us again, thank you. Um, and I know that you know that Heidi's been on the road quite a bit. Um, and then this week was my turn where I had a Perks conference where I got to showcase see far beyond the box and all the stress management solutions I provide corporations. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, and I'm so happy that it happened. But now of course there's more work because of all of the amazing conversations I had. I now have to follow up with all of these wonderful companies that want to do great things. So it was an awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's good work though, right? Like that's, that's the kind of work you want to be focusing on. And, and I, I just want to hear a little bit about how you've got all of these um, male engineers and uh, to, to color. Yeah, you know, it was so funny. <laughs> I definitely had a different booth. I, by the end of the day, I did have a technical recruiter come up to me and tell me that, I, that my booth was her favorite. Um, nice. And so, yeah, which was awesome. And so I um, had a meditation mat and pillow. I offered um, a vision boarding section in my booth. And I also had um, Connect the Dots, which is a focus um, therapy for those that have attention disorders. Um, and I also had mandalas and dinosaurs and unicorns for people to color because for those of you that are into mindfulness, you know that coloring is a form of you know, you know, mindfulness and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, it was really cool to see um, lots of people drawn over to the creative section of my booth with excitement around coloring. And so, you know, the conversations really, one of the biggest trends that I had in my conversations was that it's really um, interesting when you review what's out there to provide different therapeutic solutions for every different personality type on your team. So when you have male engineers, they don't want me to talk at them about what stress is. They want to quiet their mind from receiving information and actually color for the moment. And so it was a really interesting perspective, you know, so it was very cool. Oh, I guess that's, that's just so awesome. And so crystal. Oh, it's so me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was totally crystal-fied. Absolutely. Anyway, so welcome everybody to Making of Her Story. Appreciate you being here. We have an amazing guest today. So um, Crystal, why don't you um, kick things off? Yeah, yeah. We're welcoming um, local to New Hampshire, April Adams today. And she's like a local celebrity. So I remember when I, um, I met with one of my good friends and um, former um, wellness coaches, Kate Kressinger, I was telling her about my business and what I was getting into. And she was like, have you read April Adams book? And I was like, no, it was literally like her response to me. It wasn't like, great job. Congratulations. It was like, have you? and then it was, you need to read this book. It's really great what you're doing, but I think you'll find it really insightful because April does things a little bit differently. Um, and so then somebody else um, that I had met at a coffee shop, completely different time, maybe three months later, her name's Jennifer said, um, do you know April Adams? Because you should, and you know, you need to connect. And you know, when, when people talk about April, um, and I'll let April do her own intro, but they are really um, enamored by her and her energy and the work that she does. And so I um, reached out to April with, for the opportunity to connect and understand what she did, because you can, you can read about it and you can, 
sort of understand people's experiences about it. But until she, I feel like, tells you what she does, it doesn't, it, it resonates so much more. Um, don't, don't you find, Crystal, like sometimes, and then April will, will let you introduce yourself, but um, sometimes, like, you hear something once, and it comes, the universe sends it across to you, and you, like, acknowledge it, but then once it keeps coming, you know, in front of you, you just know that it's a message that's bigger than you, right? So, sounds like you meeting yeah. April was one, of those, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, that's exactly what this was. And I finally listened and I'm really glad that I did. So, um, so April, hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. For <laughs> thank you for, thank you for having me. So I totally built you up. So there's, <laughs> yeah, I'm over here like getting chills and grinning and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's awesome to make people uncomfortable by telling them how amazing they are. It's awesome. <laughs> fun to do it in person but we'll have to we'll have to do it this way instead so yeah women women in general have difficulty you know kind of accepting compliments you know I find that um so yeah just be open to it April yeah <laughs> I've, I've definitely learned how to uh really take in compliments and and not try to deflect them anymore and, and uh, just kind of let them wash over me now I like it that sounds great Good. Oh, I like that. Wash over you. Mm. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, why don't you tell everybody, our listeners, who you are? Okay. Uh, well, my job title, my self-appointed job title is emotional health consultant. Uh, so, you know, what that means is I basically show people the tools that they need in order to heal emotionally. Uh, to basically heal their emotional wounds at their roots so that they can stop being triggered by things all the time. Uh, in my personal life, I'm married to my wife of 10 years now. Uh, we just celebrated our anniversary, and I have a 20-year-old son who's in college right now, coming back from UNH this month. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know what else you want to know, but... <laughs> That's basically, you know, the nutshell. So maybe you can talk about a little bit more about the, you know, find it, your approach, right, to um, how you work with your clients and, you know, um, and, and how you, you know, how you start digging into this whole um, emotional wellness, you know, concept, because I, I did, I, you know, triggers is a big thing, right? Like, and, and you never know when it's going to happen. So how do you coach to that? Yeah. So it's more that I'm giving people actual tools that undo the triggers where most techniques are more like coping mechanisms, like ways to reframe a certain thought or opinion uh, ways to calm yourself down or talk yourself down after you've already had the reaction or when you're catching yourself in the act of the reaction. But this is actually a tool to prevent those triggers. Like it's basically an audio track that you listen to while you think about the thing that bothers you. And it literally unplugs the negative emotional reaction to that thought or opinion. So it doesn't really change your opinion about it. Like let's say you use this uh, tool to deal with somebody that you hate. There's just somebody who drives you crazy. They trigger you like crazy. You do a round on that person 
you're still going to roll your eyes and go, oh, there they go, uh, whenever they're doing their thing. But you're not going to have an anger response or a fight or flight response or whatever the emotional response is that you typically have to that person anymore. You just kind of be like, oh, whatever, there they go again, and not have it affect you, which is priceless, honestly. <laughs> huh. um, and what's wonderful about it is you can use it on big, giant, heavy, insane things like really extreme traumas, really extreme phobias, but you can also use it on the stupid little piddly things that set you off, like somebody saying something rude on Facebook that keeps just replaying in your head all day. So it's great because, you know, at, at this point, I kind of consider myself emotionally superpowered because for the rest of my life, anything that could possibly ever bother me, I can get rid of it. I can pretty much never have to struggle with that thing again as soon as I've cleared it. So it makes me much braver in life. And that's really what I like to help my clients achieve. So we may start out with a certain goal, like improving their love life or getting rid of a, a trauma or a fear or something like that. But by the end, you know, there's this like, what else can I accomplish? What else can I free myself from? How can I you know, just get rid of as many triggers as I possibly can and just be calm and at peace all the time, regardless of what's going on in my life? Uh, so that's basically what I do is I show people how to use those tools and what they need to be thinking about while they use these tracks in order to clear whatever their particular issue is. And so how, you know, how did you get to this place? Were you um, dealing with some of your own trauma or triggers that, um, you know, kind of compelled you to put together this methodology and, uh, you know, to begin with? Yeah. So I guess I might as well just tell you my story. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is why we're here. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> all right. So um, all my life, I have been obsessed with love and sex and most especially the honeymoon phase of a relationship. So whenever the honeymoon phase of any relationship would come to an end, I would be devastated. And um, about 13, 12 or 13 years ago, there was a honeymoon phase that was so astonishingly what I had wanted all my life, but it came to a very abrupt end. Um, and I was really just thrown into a complete and total tailspin. I was obsessive. Um, I'm pretty sure there was some level of psychosis going on. I couldn't let it go. I kept obsessing about it. I was suicidal about it. I was following my partner around trying to get her to change back into uh, the person that I fell in love with originally and do the behaviors that I had fallen in love with. And um, finally, after about three years of that misery, I realized that it was me who had this need, that I had been with a few, you know, in a few serious relationships where that honeymoon phase had ended and everybody was always comfortable with that honeymoon phase coming to an end. But for me, it was the end of the world. So I knew finally that there was something in me that was lacking, that wasn't lacking in these other people. So I kind of set out at that point on this journey of trying to figure out what was it about me that needed this? What was, you know, what was missing? What was wrong uh, within me? And 
So I started reading a lot of self-help books and I took a Reiki class, which was mind blowing. Um, So I really got into energy work and spirituality and meditation. And I went to a really terrible therapist. Um, (laughs) I've been to good therapists in the past, but this one was really, really the worst possible match for me. Uh, And I feel like I was supposed to do this journey kind of on my own. And that's why I was given a terrible therapist at the time. So what I found was the more I dove into those things, the more I would, I would feel a little better and a little better and a little better. Or I'd take a few steps forward and then a few steps back again. It's like um, I would learn how to cope. I'd learn how to talk myself down. I learned about codependency. I, you know, did all of the things that you're supposed to do in order to feel better about this thing. And while I could talk myself down or while I could distract from the negative thoughts, they were always still there. Anytime I was interacting with my wife in the back of my mind, there were always these questions of why aren't you flirting with me? Why aren't you all over me right now? Why aren't we having sex more often? Why, you know, and just Hmm. going in a loop like that. So it was very difficult to just, be in our moments together and just be in my life overall because it was a constant obsession. And, um, you know, throughout the course of that, I also became a practitioner of Reiki and spiritual work and developed my intuition and all of that. The more I developed my intuition, the more I kept getting the message over and over and over again, you have to deal with the subconscious mind. If you want to be a powerful healer and heal others, if you want to heal yourself of this issue, you've got to deal with the subconscious mind. And that message just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm going, okay, show me how, you know, and I was creating hypnosis programs and I was doing all this stuff. And then I finally came across these tools and it's just blown everything wide open. So (laughs) what finally happened was uh, just right after I had um, discovered these emotional clearing tools, I also found this book that was called The Erotic Mind by Jack Morin. And he (laughs) is a sex therapist who helps people fix their regular life issues through their sex lives and vice versa. He believes that we as adults try to get the emotional needs that were not met when we were children met currently through our sex lives. So what he tells you to do, Interesting. yes, yeah. So he tells you, write down your top two favorite sexual fantasies and your top two all-time favorite sexual moments. And then you take those and you figure out what are the emotional needs that are being met in each of those scenarios. So I did that process. And I, all four of them were about being wanted, like wanted in a big way. And it's so strange because like all the time that I had been struggling with my issues, I never came up with the word wanted. You know, I wanted more passion. I wanted more desire. I wanted more spontaneity. I want, you know, but I never came up with the word wanted. And so it was great because these tools really helped me crystallize it to wanted. So then I asked myself the classic psychology question, when was the first time that you were unwanted? Did your parents want you? And that's when the light bulb moment hit because I had been an unwanted pregnancy. Mm. So in utero, I took on the programming, you're unwanted. 
uh, oddly enough, by the time I was born, I was loved and welcomed. It's not like anybody ever said to me, you know, we didn't want you. You know, there was never any of that. It was just, I knew, um, you know, as, as uh, I, I forget what age I was when my mom told me the story of finding out she was pregnant, but she was 17 when she had me. So who wants a baby at that point? You know, <laughs> logically, I had no feelings about that whatsoever. I completely got it. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to have a baby at 17 myself. So I uh, basically was able to use that whole situation with the emotional clearing tools. And basically what I did was I thought I, I brought up the pain of the more recent perceived rejections from my spouse and kind of got all worked up about that. And then I kind of went through the timeline of everything in my life where I had perceived myself as unwanted. So I, you know, kind of applied those negative current feelings to those past feelings because it's unplugging. You know, you're showing your brain, here's the trigger, here's my emotional response to the trigger, and it's unplugging the two. So, you know, I acknowledged unwanted pregnancy, my parents divorced when I was one, so they, you know, I probably thought my dad didn't want me. My mom was a young mother and wasn't constantly paying attention to me, so I probably thought she didn't want me. Uh, I'd flirt with five-year-old boys to try to get attention, and uh, they wanted no part of that, so they didn't want me, and then every romantic partner I ever had ended the honeymoon phase first or made fun of me for wanting too much sex or whatever. So they didn't want me. So yeah. <laughs> that was what I did while I did the track. So, you know, I finish, I do a round or two of that. And, um, you know, I walk away going, well, we'll see if this works. Everything else I've tried worked temporarily or it took it down a notch, but nothing ever had fixed it. So that night, I'm sitting having a conversation with my wife about, I don't even remember what, <laughs> and three quarters of the way through the conversation, I suddenly realized I'm not thinking those thoughts anymore. You know, the, the why aren't you all over me? Why aren't you flirting with me? Basically, why aren't you proving you want me? They were just completely gone, and I was in the conversation. I was just there with her engaging and not thinking about why isn't it this other way, what, you know. Why is this need not being met for me constantly? It was just gone. And that was four and a half years ago, and it's never come back. Wow, that's, that is such, such an incredible story. <laughs> I was riveted. I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Um, but so just a couple of things popped up for me. Um, and, and, oh, I can't wait. I, I really want to go through this exercise on my own because I, mm -hmm. I, and Crystal, I don't know if you have, but I think it would be, I, I, cause I, I do, but I think the unconscious, yeah, just, and it, it's so interesting that you say that because it, you know, it's, it, as I was listening to you, it seems like unconsciously you were perpetuating through your behavior, exactly what you were afraid was going to happen. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah. 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 And so you were causing your own issues. You, you were making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was like, well, of course I'm not wanted, right? Or of course they don't love me or of course they don't. But it's because you were, you were creating the situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I find that happens a lot. Like, you know, somebody will get bullied a few times when they're a kid mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll, form the belief that either this is how people treat me or this is how I deserve to be treated. 
So they then, you know, go through their life attracting people to them who resonate with that because that's what they're sharing in their energy field. And those people that resonate with that will oblige and will continue to treat them that way, which only strengthens the resolve of that belief, which only strengthens the energy of attracting that and just continues to create that pattern of it. Um, and also the perception of those things, you know, the, the tendency to interpret all of those things as that kind of treatment also strengthens. So um, anything like that just kind of gets into this terrible loop, <laughs> you know, this cycle that, that, you know, you perceive as never ending or something that you can't do anything about, but um, actually you can. There are ways to clear those beliefs and, and you can get rid of that too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much I was perceiving myself to be unwanted when, you know, logically, logically, I could just, you know, I knew that the relationship I was in, and that's why it didn't end, uh, that it was the healthiest relationship I had ever been in, or even witnessed. I knew, logically, that I was loved, even though I couldn't feel it. Um, I felt unloved because I felt unwanted. So, um, yeah, it was really... <laughs> incredible to shift out of that and to stop having that perception constantly and to actually be able to take in, oh yeah, I am loved and wanted. It might not look like I would expect it to, but um, yeah, I can actually take that in and, and be in that space. So. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, and it, it almost plays into the whole bottom line concept of this podcast, which is around pivotal moments because you know, all the things that you mentioned were, you know, um, you know, maybe at the time you didn't perceive them as pivotal moments of, you know, an unwanted pregnancy and then, a, you know, your dad leaving you and then, you know, all the things that, you know, sort of the, the incidents that came up, but there were, they were moments where you made decisions, pretty key decisions mm -hmm. um, that ended up influencing the way you behaved for many years to come. Right. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> I mean, it just reinforces sort of what this whole, you know, the whole concept is, is right. We're making those kinds of decisions based on these moments in our lives. And it's great to know that there's a tool um, that can assist with, you know, managing through some of the um, toxic or unhealthy decisions that you make uh, around these um, things that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's really why I you love force, right? Like you can, it's, you can, you can make a decision to just change your path. Yeah, you really can. That's, you know, that's why I do what I do now because I want people to know that this is possible. You know, I think that we're so inundated with the message of, you know, you can reframe that thinking or you can just get over something or you can, um, you know, do something to cope with the feeling, you know, you can use mindfulness or meditation or whatever, but it's still going to keep coming back. And to be able to have the empowerment for yourself to know how to just actually get over it, not pay lip service and say, oh yeah, I, I'm over this or this isn't affecting me anymore when it still is, 
you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you continue to make these, have these issues, right? Clearly it's still affecting you. Right. Things that I like that you said too, and I've been actually talking a lot about this in my own world is, you know, having these constant expectations. And so it's like, you know, we go into these, you know, we have these deep seated things, right. That we need to figure out. We learn, we learn or teach ourselves to expect a reaction, to expect to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so we're always in this endless cycle of expectations and then, yeah. and we're, you know, and then we're sad that we actually met them, but we're placing them on ourselves. And so yep. to do this deep work, I think is super valuable for people and, you know, you can change the world. So yeah, and the, the other thing I found, and I, I, I think I was uh, guilty of this, I, I've, I've worked through it, um, I think, to some degree, I probably have more work to do, but um, sometimes, you know, you mentioned April, you know, you were in a healthy marriage, and you had a great relationship, and it may have not exactly fit your pictures, but for the most part, things were pretty healthy, and I, what I found is sometimes that's an uncomfortable place. Like sometimes it's more comfortable to live in the drama and the, the insanity and the, you know, so you, it's like, wow, this is going really good. So I better cause a problem because <laughs> I feel, I feel more comfortable in that, that toxic situation. Do you find, do you find that with your clients or with yourself that that sometimes is the um, And I, I actually warn people a lot that they're going to get bored partway through their journey because you clear a certain amount of your triggers and you feel calm all the time and it feels weird to yeah. be calm. So, um, you know, I, I usually tell people do something thrilling during that time. Go, don't go looking for more drama, go looking for like watch a horror movie, ride a roller coaster, you know, <laughs> take up something that, you know, that excites you dance to your favorite song in the living room or belt the song out the top of your lungs, like do something to rev up good feelings as opposed to going looking for, you know, how can I create that? Because we get addicted to the chemicals that come up during our reactions. So when we go for a long period of time without that roller coaster, it feels numb. It feels boring. So we want to create something and you can get just as addicted to the negative chemicals as you can to the positive. But, you know, when you feel that tendency to want to create the drama, what you really want to do is, you know, find something that's going to just bring a flush of the good chemicals to replace that. And that can really, and, you know, I mean, there are other tools too that I use that help retrain you to move toward the positive or to implant positive things once we've cleared the negative stuff out of the way. So um, that's another way that I go about it too. But to some extent, it's also catching yourself in the act of being like, oh, I'm bored. Maybe I should stir up some trouble uh, <laughs> and redirecting that energy a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, just into something positive, right? Yeah, yeah. But I can see why sometimes if people who grew up in a toxic situation and are pretty much used to toxicity throughout their whole lives, that it would probably be a massive shift for them to try to move from constant negativity and that being everything they've experienced into being calm and eventually happy. 
um, I can see how that would feel wrong to somebody who <laughs> wasn't used to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you grew up in a household, you know, with where maybe your, you know, parents were always fighting and it was just a really unhealthy situation. And then you get in a, a, a relationship where that's not the case. You may actually think, God, what, what is wrong with my relationship? This is so normal. Right. right? Like mm -hmm. this is boring. <laughs> yeah. And then go seeking out the, you know, the, the negativity. So I guess I am, so give us, can you give us some examples? I don't know how we're doing on time, Crystal. But I was going to say, perhaps we have, we have about two minutes. We have to two run. minutes. Uh, so maybe just two things. Could you give us some examples of some positive things that you could do? I guess you mentioned, you know, um, you know, go to the gym or, or, you know, you know, sing out loud or whatever, but I, I would love to have you just talk a little bit more about that April and then um, tell us a little bit about how people can find you and your book and all of that yeah okay um, so you know absolutely you can do you know physical things to help um, you know bring up the happy chemicals uh, you know sex singing dancing playing outside you know all kinds of things like that are great ways to do that there's also um, if you search EFT uh, with any issue that you can think of you can find all kinds of scripts for that but then you can also find a way to tap into your meridian points to tap in uh, new beliefs and new things and so you could always you know tap in I feel good I feel great you know this is you know so you can kind of just tap in a positive thing for yourself um, the tools that I tend to use are a little bit more powerful than the EFT tapping thing that I'm talking EFT about. I, I've never heard of that term. What does EFT mean? Uh, it stands for emotional freedom technique, and it's actually okay. tapping gently on different energy points on your face and neck. So um, it just helps to stimulate your brain. It helps to stimulate your energy system so that you can better take in. Um, you know, if you do mantras or affirmations or things like that, they're really not going to get you much of anywhere permanently unless you get them into your subconscious mind. And so EFT is one way to do that, but it takes a lot of reps of EFT to really get it to stick. Uh, some of the other tools that I work with make it get in there much faster, which is nice. But um, and, your, and then your book, where can we, yes, how they can, how can they reach you? Yeah. So um, my website is apriladams.org and I sent you guys a couple of links so you can probably put that with the podcast. Um, I do, I do work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but I've also just created an online program called Emotion Boot Camp which shows people exactly what I do one-on-one, -on -one, but walks them through it and shows people how to exactly use these tools. And it includes all the tools and everything so that you can just do this yourself. And then if at the end of that, you aren't exactly where you want to be, then you might want to do sessions with me. But honestly, it's the best place to start. And it's much more affordable than one-on-one -on -one work. Uh, so I sent the link for that as well, if people are interested. I also want to send you guys, I didn't send it already, but I want to send you the link to the free tracks that help to deal with the emotions so that people can just try those for free if they want to. But I do find that they, it works better for people if they have some help figuring out what exactly they need to be thinking about while they use those tracks or have a gentler introduction to them. 
So, you know, some people are great with those kinds of tools and just run with them on their own. Some people need a guide. And so that's what I'm here for. Uh, as far as my books, they're on Amazon. The first one is called Essence, Ending Emptiness, Finding Fulfillment. The second one is Less Logic, More Wisdom, Surviving the Shift with Your Sanity Intact. And oh. the <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And the, the third one is Crack the Longing Code. And that actually walks people through doing exactly what I did, the process I just described to clear my biggest longing. It helps them dig up what's their biggest longing and how to clear it so that they can just walk around free of that primary emptiness or neuroses that's pushing their buttons and making them feel like something's lacking in their lives. So that's what those are, but those are all also included in Emotion Boot Camp if people don't want to have to, you know, get all the books separately and everything. So. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much. Crystal, do you have anything you'd like to, a few parting words? You always do such a great job. No, just thank you. I mean, obviously, um, you know, with the overlap in my other world, right, I have the other podcasts, I think that the work you do, April, is just absolutely fantastic and needed. So the more we can spread the information, the better. And I love that you now have it available online. Um, because you're obviously being one person, you can scale it to a greater reach. So more and more people can get their hands on it, which I think is fantastic. So, you know. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, one more thing. The, um, the online program, there's a webinar that people can experience a subconscious shift in the webinar. And I think that might be the link I sent to you, which will then lead them eventually to the, um, the online program. So that way they can experience something for free that walks them through a process that works on the subconscious healing. So mm, that's that's skeptical. They can try it and then yes. run away. Perfect. Okay. Well, that sounds so great. Yeah. And Crystal, do you want to let people know how they can find out more about us? Yes, we are also on the social media. So um, we are on Instagram, Making of Her Story, on Facebook, Making of Her Story, and Twitter of Her Story. And we are working on our own website. We're just not there yet. But those are the best ways to get in touch with us. If you have a story that you want to share, please feel free to reach out um, through direct message, and we will coordinate a time. That sounds Awesome. Thank you, April. It was so nice having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. I will see you soon, darling. Yes, I hope so. All right. Love you, ladies. Have a good one. Love you. Bye.